past week as part of Catholic Schools Week, I did a uh, vocations Q&A with our grade schoolers over in our parish school. And it was a wonderful, wonderful time. They asked a lot of pretty funny questions about what life is like as a priest. Uh, but for even the smaller kids and the older kids, one of the questions that I thought was rather deep and profound was th- they all asked, what's the toughest part about being a priest? I wasn't really expecting that at a Q&A with a bunch of grade schoolers, but they wanted to know, what's the toughest part about being a priest? And thought about it for a little bit and came up with, you know, maybe it's you know, the difficulties that a lot of people deal with on a day-to-day basis. A lot of times when they bring them to God, uh, I'm sort of made privy to them. And after a little while, it can kind of feel a little heavy a little bit. You know, it's it really be I mean, privy to the difficulties that so many people deal with on a regular basis. Because it seems so often that we go to God when we're in difficulty much more than we do in prosperity. And as a priest, whether it's in maybe the confessional or in ministry or in just meeting with people going through a difficult time, uh, can lead to a little bit of heaviness in heart. And many times my heart can even ache for a lot of the people in my flock here at St. Joe's. And I think this can, can speak to all of us a little bit. Whatever it might be, we can be going through life weighed down by a lot. There can be a lot that can be on our hearts on any given day. Whether it's a marriage that's struggling, either with infidelity or just slowly drifting apart. Whether it's that family member who's struggling with addiction. Or that friend that we care about so much who's going through turmoil at their work or at their job. Could be the shame that we experience due to our own sinfulness that we carry around with us. Or maybe even the untimely death of someone that we know and love dearly. And when we have all of this on our heart, when it all kind of adds up once in a while, it can be very tempting to lose hope, to lose that great virtue and gift of hope. And we can very easily feel like Job in our first reading, where he basically says, the darkness of night is unending. And when the light comes, it's fleeting. There, it, and it, it's almost like he is hopeless. He talks about his days passing by seemingly without any hope. And when we have a lot on our souls and we're going through a lot, it can very easily feel like there is nothing to hope for. But our first reading today actually sets the stage for our responsorial psalm that we just sang together. Praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. It's a fact of life, brothers and sisters, that at times we will feel brokenhearted, that we will feel destitute. But even in the midst of our brokenness and in the midst of seeming hopelessness, we are called in whatever way, shape, or form we are able to still praise our God. Because we know that He is a God who will fulfill His promises, who will fulfill His promises for us just as He eventually would do with Job. And therefore, we are called to still have hope. Hope, brothers and sisters, is simply a desire for what we cannot yet see, and believing in God's promises for us, even when it might seem rather bleak. And we can even look at Job, and thankfully we do know that full story. All throughout the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad book of Job, he is going through all of this turmoil. He is losing everything. It seems like his entire life is falling apart before his eyes, and it does. But at the end of that book, God fulfills his promises and restores what was lost in Job's life. 
So thankfully, we can look back at Job and see the bigger picture, the whole story, rather than just that temporary moment of hopelessness that he is experiencing in our first reading. We see the past, the present, and the future for Job. And we see how God restores him and fulfills his promises. And we know that if God can do that for Job, he can do that for us. If there's a bigger story, a bigger picture for Job, then there is one for us, even if we might not be able to see it. And thankfully, we know that God comes to fulfill his promises through the person of Jesus Christ. Because Christ came into the world to give the world hope, to give the world a desire for something that it could not yet see. And in this gospel, we see something actually quite remarkable, that hope is active. It's not passive. It is active. It spurs us toward activity. It spurs us to action. Like the sick people who come to Jesus or those possessed by demons who flock to him all around Capernaum. Because this story, again, it's a continuation of last week's gospel. It still takes place on the Sabbath. Right? This is still at the Sabbath right outside that synagogue. And so the sick people who are all around the area come to Capernaum and see Christ to the point that they travel on the Sabbath, which would have been illegal, And they even do so, as we read in our gospel, at night, when it's very difficult to move around and travel. They had so much hope in the person of Jesus Christ that they would travel on a Sabbath and travel when it was very, very difficult for them. They had that much hope of being healed. And if we have hope, brothers and sisters, we live differently, just as these people in the gospel did. They had hope, and so their lives were different than someone who might not have had that hope. Because it could have been far easier for them just to stay at home when they were sick and it's difficult to travel. It would have been far easier for them to stay home. But their hope spurred them to go to Christ and to seek out healing. They were motivated by that hope that God would heal them to fulfill his promises and wipe away their tears. They wanted God to show them his love. And we know that God does love us, brothers and sisters. But that doesn't mean we won't have hard times or that we won't experience the pain of rejection, of suffering, of sin, of shame, or slander. But hope springs eternal, brothers and sisters. It is active. It is active for us, and it can spur us to action and to still praise God. Whether that action might just simply be having the strength to get out of bed and face the world sometimes. Sometimes that's all we can do. But the hope that we have in God can spur us even to just do that. That's all we can do. But maybe hopefully that hope can still inspire us to praise God in the midst of our brokenheartedness. Because by hope we know that God will visit us. He will heal what was broken, restore what was lost, and comfort what might be in anguish. And we know that this will happen, whether it happens now or later, whether in this lifetime or the lifetime to come. If we have God, we have hope. So maybe this week we can look at a place in our life where we have given up hope or given up hope for someone. And we we might wonder if things will change or if they'll ever even get better. And if it is the will of God, it will happen. And we should always keep praying, knowing that God will fulfill his promises for us, whether in this lifetime or the next, whether now or later. Because hope does not disappoint, brothers and sisters. Let us hold fast to that promise of God to wipe away our tears and heal our broken hearts. And may we not be hopeless, 
but we be filled with the hope that comes from God, who loves us and keeps his promises.